Okay, so I guess for us, just as humans, I mean, we all go to the worst case scenario, don't we? And I think mm. when stress is high, it's an even more frequent thought that we have. And I know from reading the survey, the the women we've spoken to, they, they definitely have that sense of, I'm not in control right now and I'm not really sure how this is all going to play out because, you know, last week we probably weren't dealing with the um, restrictions or the changes that have happened, you know, just over Mm. the last. So who knows if you're listening to this in two weeks or one month's time, how different things might be. So just before we end the podcast episode, I thought we would maybe just go to that worst case scenario place and, Mm. And consider the possibility for women listening or their partners listening, you know, what if the worst case scenario comes true and you do have to go to birth alone? Mm-hmm. Um, advice for those women? Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think it's important that you do, again, acknowledge it because we know that women are thinking about it and, and very concerned that that might happen. So um, I think it's um, important that we do acknowledge that and talk through, um, you know, were that to happen, how how can women still, um, you know, I guess make the best of a not great situation? Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think we can sugarcoat it. I don't think we can put a really super positive spin on it because um, it would would truly suck beyond belief Mm -hmm. if that were were to happen. So let's let's be honest about that. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Uh, as you said, um, you know, we could be listening to this in two or three weeks or a month from now and, and the the landscape could be vastly different. So um, I think it, it is helpful to think about uh, plan A, plan B, etc. cetera. Yeah. Um, the first thing I would say, and I think it is important to, to have, you know, at least some, some positive light on it, is that while uh, it would be far from ideal for a woman not to have her chosen support people at the birth, she's not going to be birthing alone you you are not going to be alone in the in the room to 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 birth your baby um you will be cared for and supported by your healthcare team um you know by wonderful midwives um who are caring and compassionate and supportive people um and uh, in, and in cases where there is the need for more obstetric uh, management of your labor, so doctors, obstetricians, for example, again, you have highly skilled uh, medical professionals who are there to support you through um, the birth of your baby. So that's one thing. You are, you're not going to be alone. Mm-hmm. Secondly, in the same way that we've talked about the, the, um, the potential for virtual doula support, of course, you can have your partner, your family, you can have as many people as you want um, there with you virtually in the room. You can use something like Zoom, which is free, um, and um, and you can have, um, you know, uh, several people join, you know, by video cam and, you know, be virtually in the room with you, giving mm-hmm. you support and and positive words of encouragement and and so forth um so you know use the technology um that we do have at our disposal now mm-hmm. um or whatsapp or you know what, whatever platform um yeah. that you, you're familiar with there's there's many um and um and 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 i say don't be afraid to um you know 
in the same way that you would if your partner in the room with you taking time out to consider your options and and make decisions in a, in a as calm a space as possible do the same thing if they're available to you virtually so mm-hmm. you know ideally if there's a point in labor where there are some decisions potentially to be made you know, tell your healthcare team, please, can you just stop for a moment, pause, I'm going to uh, bring my partner into this, put them on video, so that they are essentially virtually in the room with you, they're Mm -hmm. hearing the same information from your care team. um, And then once that that information has been communicated, um, for for you to say, um, thank you very much. Um, That was, you know, helpful. Um, you know, my partner and like would like you know a few minutes really just to discuss this in private. So, mm-hmm. it, it, it's there's some aspects which I'm really no different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I would still encourage um, you know people to leave the room, um, give you some peace, some quiet, some some mental space to consider what your options might be, um, and and then you know get your midwife to come back in the room and say, okay, well we've you know we've talked about it and. Um, you know, this is what we'd like to do. Yeah. Um, so try not to get, uh, allow stress to get the, the best of you. Think very carefully about what things you want to take with you. You know, we, we talk about this a lot in, in childbirth classes about creating a positive birth environment. Um, and you can still do that um, if, you're, if you're going into birth suite by yourself. Um, you know, bring, you know, your, your favorite comfy bathrobe and, um, and fluffy socks or Ugg boots. Um, mm-hmm. Be physically comfortable, you know, wear for clothes that you really feel comfy in. Bring a blanket or a throw from home, although I hope, is that okay now? <laughs> Infection <laughs> Who control. Knows? Who I hadn't knows? even thought about that until <laughs> the words came out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, one would hope you could bring, you know, your favorite pillow from home. I don't know. It's actually mm-hmm. a really good question. We'd have to maybe consult with a midwife about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally speaking, I, I definitely encourage people to bring some some favorite objects from home yeah. that really do help them to, to sort of feel calm and, and relaxed. Bring music, um, bring essential oils. Um, you know, uh, all those things in the, in the hospital, they do have birth balls, they have peanut balls, um, they have gym mats, you know, things like that, where obviously, you can still, um, you know, use that equipment to keep yourself upright, keep yourself active, um, really try to avoid being on the bed uh, for any, you know, length of time. Labor works best when women are upright, uh, forward leaning, <laughs> moving, keeping the pelvis open, Etc. Um, it, it really helps with your um, your mental state as well. Your mm. your ability to cope with labor is so mm-hmm. much easier when you're feeling proactive and in yeah. control and 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 constantly moving and finding mm. positions. Using the shower, you know, um, there there are some restrictions um, that uh, seem to be becoming more more common than widespread, which is the restriction of um, of birthing pools and and birth you know um birth tubs for water birth or potentially even just comfort in labor Mm. um and that's that's again that's that's sad um there isn't really a lot of uh, very strong evidence to support restricting water birth um but again we everybody our, our health care professionals included are 
are navigating completely uncharted territory. We don't know the answers to these things because we've never encountered it before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, while I'm, I'm sad and I'm disappointed for women who really had their heart set on a water birth, um, and I'm certainly not saying that the decision to restrict it is a good one or even a, um, an evidence-based one, but I understand the reasoning behind it. Um, Mm -hmm. And and at the the heart of all of these decisions is the good of public health um, and to protect um, people from from infection. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it is really, really hard. Um, But I think, you know, you you can still use the water in a shower um, for comfort, absolutely. And remember, many hospitals don't have birth pools anyway. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm always talking in classes that, you know, don't feel just because you don't have the birth pool that you're not going to be able to take advantage of water for comfort in labour. You can definitely do that with a shower. Um, And there's certainly uh, no restrictions on that at the moment. And I I can't see that being, you know, instigated at any point. No. uh, I might just mention quickly as well that there is um, there are some hospitals which are restricting the use of nitrous oxide of gas mm-hmm. and air. Um, again, the the evidence is is very inconclusive right now because we just simply don't have any research studies <laughs> done mm-hmm. on the impact of of nitrous oxide during a uh, a global pandemic. Um, but the um, the the rationalisation behind restricting the use of it is that there is a concern of the, um, I suppose, the droplets, if, if there is an infected person, of them circulating in, in the air or back into the system. Um, and um, so I think at the moment it's not widespread. I think in most um, uh, labour uh, units, um, gas and air is still widely available, um, with the exception of somebody who is suspected of mm-hmm. um uh, having symptoms uh, or is unwell in any way, um, and perhaps those women would not not be able to use it. Um, yeah. So, but I think in general, I think you know those six healthy birth practices, and perhaps Leslie, you can post a link to to yeah, them or sure. to. I I think you know they they still actually provide women with a really great roadmap because I think what we what is important uh, to try and to to achieve as much as we as any of us possibly can in labor is to keep labor as as simple and low tech as possible we want to eliminate unnecessary intervention and uh, and and thereby reducing the risk of uh, of complications in labor you know keeping mm-hmm. labor simple which is what the six healthy birth practices are all about safe simple but healthy birth um yeah. means that you can get in there you can have your beautiful baby and you can get straight back home where you've mm-hmm. got your partner um you know 24 7 you've got all your you know your lovely home cooked food no one's gonna you know interrupt you at 3 a.m to take your blood pressure you know <laughs> and all those things so you know get in get out um and mm-hmm. just um just enjoy being in that bubble um, of yeah. um, of being a new family with your beautiful baby. Yeah. And I think that a lot of the points there that you made about being in this worst case scenario that, you know, actually it's not your ideal, but that you're not alone. I, I definitely feel like that's probably reassuring to remember because as I'm reading the, the survey, I'm not getting that sense from women that they, 
they feel that way that, that it is like I'm going to just walk this battle by myself so mm-hmm. that was really uh, lovely to hear you know you just even remind me that you know the midwife is there and she's going to be you know the most skilled yeah professional that they can have and and the role that the midwife plays is is really one that that we probably haven't even touched on that that these women are going to be so well supported oh and absolutely and you know let's not forget you know midwives are mothers themselves you know Mm. um and um many of them and you know they are so cognizant of of what is going on in the headspace of the women that they're caring Mm -hmm. for they are so compassionate they are so caring um Mm -hmm. they are going to be offering you know and stepping up their support like like nothing else right now Mm -hmm. and and that is and then saying that that means you know let's not forget they are under unprecedented levels of stress Mm -hmm. themselves um Mm -hmm. they really are i i I just take my hat off to midwives right now they are just working in such difficult uh circumstances Mm -hmm. but they are there for you 110 percent um and i think you'll probably experience you know even even more care and understanding at this at this point Mm -hmm. especially if they they realize that you know you don't have the optimal support that you would you would normally have no um no so yeah don't don't forget you've you've got some some really top care and and people um supporting you through this yeah and the the beauty of a lot of the midwifery care right now is that women are getting to know their midwife so so that's someone who who knows you personally if you've been able to um have your pregnancy through the MGP for example Mm. you know people are getting to know their midwife and that we know um there's a lot of evidence behind that as a a best practice if we can but um I just wanted to say on the topic of midwives you know I myself had my first baby in a country where my midwife didn't even speak English Mm. and I think for me (laughs) I've just started yeah I've just started to think about her as you were talking there because I thought you know what was it like because this might be for for a woman who's going up to birth on her own Mm. perhaps her midwife you know has had for any reason whether it's to do with covid or not the midwife that they know isn't available and they're going to have a midwife Mm. who they don't know and I suddenly thought what what was my take on my midwife and I just remember thinking this woman knew my body better than I did Mm. she was like an angel and I think that's so important just to say because these midwives are that they, they can they'll have that really um, powerful role mm. in your birth that you'll remember your midwife for the rest of your yeah. life if this is your first experience <clears throat> of pregnancy so I just wanted to say that just in case anyone's thinking oh yeah. my god I might not even know my midwife yeah. you know you'll know her by the end of your labor and she will know you yeah. probably better than you know yourself so it, it's not all doom and gloom if you do rock up on your yeah. own I mean I, I did actually just really made me think for a moment so I, I'm actually in the middle of doing a, a doula training for bicultural doulas um, you mentioned birth for mm-hmm. human kind at the beginning of the podcast and and for those if particularly I guess if you're out west you probably haven't heard of birth for humankind but um it's a it's a melbourne-based not-for-profit organization um that basically provides uh free volunteer but professional doulas um to women in need um and they Mm. they very um I suppose uh particularly are working with women who come from um, you know, really severely disadvantaged backgrounds, um, but also refugee, asylum seeker women, young mothers, um, uh, Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander women, um, and, and women who have 
in many cases, very complex um, backgrounds and needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and certainly this restriction on birth support is uh, of deep concern uh, to, to them and, and for anybody who, who is working with disadvantaged populations and women who are at risk. Um, I actually have a doula client, not, not through Birth for Humankind, but as a private doula, uh, who's who's due in a few months? Um, who has a, a pretty um, complex history with trauma, and birth support for her is not a luxury; it's an absolute necessity um, because mm-hmm. of her background. Um, mm-hmm. And um, she actually um, really campaigned very strongly with her hospital to ensure that um, both her partner. And me as her doula were given uh, um, sort of an exception and um, permission mm-hmm. to enter the hospital when she goes mm-hmm. into labor. Um, and she was, um, you know, she, she did an incredible job. She, you know, it was very, it was very calm. It was very, it was very kind of, she approached it in a very respectful way, but really made her case. Um, and she was given permission. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. obviously provided that, you know, both her partner and I are, um, you know, symptom free and we're healthy and we pass the screening mm-hmm. and all those sort of important mm-hmm. things. Um, but I'd maybe yeah. just want to make a, a mention to anybody listening who, you know, you sort of identify within that and you feel, you know, because of your background that birth support for you is really critically important. Um, it is worth certainly approaching your care provider, your hospital, your midwife, um, and making a case. Um, Leslie, I can send you afterwards, actually. Um, mm-hmm. My client did a, um, a Zoom about how she did this, mm-hmm. how she went about doing it and, mm-hmm. and getting the successful outcome that she did. So for anybody who's mm-hmm. really, really panicking about not having support because of their background, um, I'm not saying that it's a guarantee, but it's, it's absolutely worth trying yeah. Um, if it's something that you feel is is really critically important for you, yeah, yeah, that's that's a really empowering story, isn't mm. it? That, sh- that you know, you can affect the change with just believing in what you need for yourself. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm glad that she's she's had that um, that she's had that outcome. That is so important for women where actually they're going into birth with a real. Um, it's real for her every day. It sounds like her her experiences and her for her well being. Mm. She needed this to go the way that she'd always planned. So yeah, well, let's hope it continues for her because you know you want it to be great. Mm. Good. Um. So just the one last thing I want to say about this worst case scenario was you know when you were talking about having virtual um your partner in the room mm. and possibly you know other family members you know there's a real sense at the moment outside even just of labor and birth about just controlling what you can you know focusing very much on what you can where you can affect change for yourself Mm. and what what positive choices you can make and and when that comes to being in labor um I think it's it's even more important that if you can access online or virtual childbirth education that you have a shared experience with whether it's the father of the baby or, or who you might have virtually in the room mm-hmm. that they have, that you've communicated with them, what your birth preferences would be yeah. that, that they share the knowledge with, with you that what, what you're happy to have experienced or what you wouldn't like, or what you're kind of where you stand on things, you know, like, you know, 
the drugs that can be offered to you for pain relief, for example. Yeah. You know, I'm just picturing in my head someone in hospital in labor with the midwife and labor's progressing and they want to turn and talk to their husband or their partner or their mom or their friend, whoever's in the room virtually and ask them, what do you think I should mm. do? You know, I think those are moments where we're just reminded about the importance of the education and having that shared experience of knowing that, that, that they understand what you want. Cause there is that time isn't yeah. there in labor where you sometimes lose your voice and, and you're so in the zone of what's happening to your body that you aren't able to advocate for yourself. Mm. So I just wanted to just reaffirm that point about, you know, the real benefits. And, and right now there's, there's free opportunities with Lamaze where you can do labor confidence online mm. with your, um, with your birth support people. Yeah. And obviously, as you've said, we, a lot of us educators are moving to that online and virtual offering of classes. So if you can and you haven't had an opportunity, please go and look them up there everywhere. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it really does have a lot of value, it, education, we know. It really does. And I think, as you said, it d- directly um, enabling you to consider what your options are um, and then for you and your partner to sit down and actually write your birth preferences out. Um, and you know, whether that means you're going in together to birth, um, to birth suite and you take your preferences in with you, or as we discussed in a sort of a worst case scenario that, um, mum, you're kind of going in, um, alone that you have your birth preferences there, your partner has them, uh, and is aware of, of what is most important to you. Um, not to say obviously that things can't change. That's not really what a good birth plan is. It's not, it's not this fixed idea of what must or must not happen. It's about, mm-hmm. a, a, it's really a communication tool. It's a prompt for you to remind yourself about some of the things that are really very, very important to you um, um, during your care, um, during the labor, the birth, but also um, with the baby. Um, might be around your decisions with newborn uh, care, um, um, you know, um, newborn um, tests and procedures and things like that. Um, so uh, certainly, you know, childbirth education classes will, will cover those things. You know, what, how do you put a plan together? What should mm-hmm. be on it? Um, mm-hmm. And so forth. So that's, I think, again, given the climate that women are, are birthing in right now, um, any any tool that you have up your sleeve that really helps you to make, you know, calm, informed decisions is going to be hugely beneficial to you and helps keep that adrenaline out, out of the room. <laughs> yeah. And in that worst case scenario, like as we've been saying during this episode, you know, arriving to hospital as late as you can, having your baby and then being able to be discharged potentially mm. four to six hours later, you know, you're not going to be away for too long so you can get back home mm. and be in your safe place so um that's a that's a positive to look forward to yeah. if you can navigate the road of of natural birth rather yeah. than finding yourself in a surgical delivery where you would be away from home for a lot longer so um yeah yeah Absolutely. we want to we want to we want to just give the the opportunity that we can to to empower and build that confidence to just let this play its own way out you know mm-hmm. let labor begin on its own yeah. and all those wonderful wonderful things yeah um anything else that you would like to throw in the hat before we get a cup of tea 
<laughs> um, <laughs> yes, another cup of tea. Um, I, I, my life seems to be revolving around how many cups of tea I have every day right now. <laughs> I'm going through, through my, my box of tea bags at an alarming rate. Alarming. Um, so, um, look, the other thing I, I just maybe would just mention is that, you know, obviously in, in, some, in some cases, uh, surgical birth is necessary. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I don't want women to be fearful uh, uh, even more than they are. Um, of having a baby and requiring a cesarean section um, mm-hmm. that they're somehow putting themselves at exponential risk of, of contracting the virus or anything like that or the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, we know that, you know, approximately statistically about 10% of women will need, you know, more intervention, uh, more obstetric management of their labor. And, and we can't forget that, you know, when used appropriately, cesarean surgery is, is life-saving mm-hmm. uh, for, for mums and babies. Um, I actually had a client recently who, you know, the, my, my most recent doula client um, who, who did end up having a cesarean section. And, you know, I was so pleasantly, um, I guess, surprised and very relieved to hear from her. You know, she's been messaging me. She's, you know, back home now with her beautiful baby and her partner and just really, um, you know, is really well and feeling well and breastfeeding is going really well. And I'm, I'm so happy for her. But, you know, her report to me of like, you know, the, being in hospital um, post cesarean, she said, you know, it was actually amazing. Uh, you know, she was, I think, worried mm. that it would kind of be like being in a, you know, in a war zone hospital or something. Mm-hmm. And then she'd just feel stressed all the time every minute that she was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's important to remember and, and that the maternity units really in particular, really specifically, because hospitals recognize they are dealing with an overwhelmingly healthy population of people. It's Mm -hmm. not like any other department or or unit within a hospital where you have people who are ill, you Mm -hmm. know, who who are infectious, who Mm -hmm. have disease. So Mm -hmm. they're kind of turning maternity units, if if it is a hospital that has obviously other other departments or units within it, um, they're, they're turning them into a hospital within a hospital. Mm-hmm. So it really is Fort Knox um, and they are doing everything they can to ensure um, that it is a um, obviously a uh, um, clinically very, very safe environment. Um, there, are, there are more restrictions. There are more um, rules in place. For example, if a partner leaves to go home, they can't come back again. So, you know, it's like stay, but it's like stay or go, but you can't do both. Um, mm-hmm. So things like that. But, um, you know, but she said to me that it just felt really normal. And if anything, you felt you're in a little bit of a bubble um, separated from everything else that was going on around her and or in mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. So um, so don't don't be concerned or frightened if, if you genuinely, you know, do require a cesarean um, to have your baby. Um that the hospitals are extraordinarily mindful um, of the need to keep mums and babies safe and healthy. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, I, I just wanted to, people to feel reassured. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably will go home a little bit quicker than you might normally, um, but mm-hmm. no one's going to be discharging you if they have any uh, concern over your health or baby's health. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, but while you're there, you will be safe and you will be cared for. Great. And I think that's what maybe they maybe they need to know is mm. that you know they're not walking into war zones where people are like oh you're having a baby okay we'll yeah. just you know it, that it's an inconvenience that there's there's a like you say a bubble within these hospitals mm. where 
you know, it's business as usual. That people are healthy and and we're we're here to do what we're here to do. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And and their priority, as always, is your health and your baby's health. Mm. Um, and it's yeah. you know no, no more, as I say, and ever more so today. So yeah, <laughs> great. Well, thanks for your time. It's been uh, so amazing to have you talk with me today. And I think if nothing else, I'm going to take away from this, you know, the, the power of women and what, what they're going to bring to this experience in their life. And despite the stress and the sadness and the loss of the pregnancy mm. and the birth that they thought they'd have, you know, women, yeah. women are strong and they'll, they'll find their way through this it's not their ideal but they'll find their way through it and hopefully with perhaps some of the the education or the tips that we've picked up um in our conversation or if if they're able to access um some learning from elsewhere that that they'll feel somewhat positive in what they can control and how they can affect change through the process so um i do appreciate your time and remember Oh, my pleasure. And remember, you know, yes, there are some things that are outside our control, but how we manage our stress and how, you know, what we feel, what we think um, to a degree is mm-hmm. within our control. And and I, I, I agree with you a billion percent. You know, women, as women, we are so resilient. We are so strong. We're so powerful. Um, and, you know, um, I, I, just despite the sort of really stressful situation that we're all going through I think you know sometimes in in sort of situations of adversity they they test us but at the same time they show us how Mm -hmm. powerful we really are Um, and I think women should feel um, that they they have that Mm -hmm. capacity for for strength resilience Mm -hmm. power um, you know and 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 to and positivity because it's Mm -hmm. it's within you and um and I think, you know, without much work, you'll find that it will kind of, it will, it will rise to the top and, and you'll, you'll be in your sort of your, your burning yeah. power when, when you need it most. Thanks again to Tanya Straussberg from Birthwell Birthright. If you'd like to find out more information about virtual doula support, or virtual childbirth education classes with Tanya, please visit www.birthwellbirthright.com and Birthwell Birthright are across all major social media platforms. If you are interested in free online childbirth education with Lamaz International, please search www lesliepascuzzi.com and in childbirth education options you'll find the link to a free Lamaze childbirth education course in labour confidence.